Hi guys, welcome to Tanked Up. We are the weekly video game playing craft beer drinking Ooh. podcast. Ooh, I dropped the craft thing. So we're not just drinking any beer. We're normally drinking craft beer. Yeah, that's beer made by subsidiaries of the company Craft. <laughs> <laughs> or not, perhaps. Uh, I am Ben Nova. I am joined by Alex Malpass. Good evening. I'm also joined by Adol Kerji. Hello. And uh, also joined by Wilma the dog this evening who's sniffing around. Not sleeping, so she if you hear is. any dog noises, that's the dog. She's not quite chilled out yet, yeah. but she will be, she will be. So, this week, we're going to talk about the games we've been playing, we're going to drink some beers, as always, um, but we thought, for the discussion, we would talk about game worlds, just talk about our favourite game worlds, the worst game worlds, and why we like them, whether that's just because of the artistic style, or because it's, because they're full of stuff to do, um, and just give you a bit of a, a taste of that. So, we shall open a beer. Yeah, so we've got Canadian theme for the beers today. Yeah, so... so over to resident Canadian. Uh, soon to be Maybe. re-resident. Re-resident. Re-resident? Um, we've got Pres- Steam Whistle. Um, President? <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> um, we've got Steam Whistle from Ontario. It's a... Um, Beer, it's a Pilsner. <laughs> it's a beer. It is. Yeah, thanks. It's a Pilsner made in the old railway station in downtown Toronto. Um, it's a lovely little brew pub, um, and I recommend going there if you are in the Toronto area. Um, they're quite generous with their samples, and it's a decent historical tour as well, so if you're interested in old Toronto, you'll learn a lot about that as well. Nice. And it's called Steam Whistle. It's called Steam Whistle. Cool. Yeah. Um, comments on the can? It's green. It's green. It's, it's very green. Don't mind it. It's simple. It's got, it's a picture of a... Steam Whistle. A steam Whistle, yeah. yeah. Right. And then I think I think we get it open. Let's get drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we'll okay. introduce the beers as introduce we go. Introduce them as we go along. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Because we have a few beers to get through this evening. Yeah. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. <laughs> All right. So glasses. I think the dog should get a treat seeing as we're getting a beer. Yeah, that's fair. To be honest with that. The dog's gonna get a lot of treats today. Yeah. So this is a can rather than a bottle. Although we said that already, but uh, kind of a long can, not like a Coke can. So like 500 mil? Yeah, it's a tall boy. Yeah, nice. That's what we call them back in uh, North America. Oh, yeah. Do you have a name for tall cans here, actually? No. No, not that I know of. No one's ever thought can. about 500 mil. She's refusing the treat, unfortunately. For those of you not watching, not can't see what's actually going on. No? She doesn't want it? However, I'm going to have this, because this looks <laughs> like a treat. She took it from my hand. Yeah, she didn't. Maybe she said lemon. Alright, cool. So, it's a uh, crystal clear, kind of, want to say urine coloured. Um, it's quite dark, isn't it? Like, it? Urine if you for haven't for been a, drinking enough water. Your doctor should be telling you off. Yeah, okay. But it is yellower than we're used to with all our IPs. Maybe it's just all the drinking we do. She hasn't eaten that tree, has she? <laughs> I'm going to spend the whole podcast talking about we my are. dog. This yeah. is um, not quite what I expected from a Pilsner, I suppose. It's a lot nuttier than I yeah. recall. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Still quite like it. Like a gives way to a kind of bready mm. sort of ending. Yeah, I suppose the the pills we had last week was quite was like that. It was quite sweet, wasn't it? Yeah, that would be the the pills and the malt. Mm. Yeah, it's all right. It's quite nice. Um, I don't know to say about it really. It's not. It's not like blown me away. No, it's quite nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's on quite a lot of taps, so it's like one of the standard. Okay. Not crap. I.e. Molson yeah. Canadian, but like a decent pill that you can get um, at a lot of bars, not pay it through the teeth. So it's not really craft, I suppose. It's quite a large brewery for a non-large well, scale brewery. It's yeah. a large microbrew. There's a lot of discussion about whether craft means size, or if it's about um, brewing to certain styles, or if it's about having a range that fluctuates quite often. Mm. So Sierra Nevada is considered to be a craft brewery. But it's massive worldwide mm. like, right. distribution and stuff. But that's because they brew craft style beers. So I don't know, it could still be a craft brewery. Yeah, yeah. Steam Whistle started small and just kept growing and used to be just one of those Ontario beers and now you can get it across the country. So. Mm. Nice. And cool. Right. So, games this week. I'm going to start uh, with the deal first. What game have you been playing? This week, uh, I played a little of Endless Space. Yeah, uh, that's uh, this week was the Steam weekend for the Endless games. Yeah, uh, Amplitude Studios. Yes, yeah. I think um, I um, I had Endless Space. I just had never booted it up. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's a sort of Civ style four X game. Mm. Um, you start on a planet in a solar system, and you have to make the population happy. You've got certain ways. You've got four resources. You've got um, industry, science, food, and dust. Okay. Um, That's the same as I think is in Endless Legend as well. Yeah, I think That's so. the, yeah, yeah. yeah. And dust is money. Mm-hmm. Somehow, mm-hmm. dust is everywhere, and that's what the world has chosen the universe has chosen as currency. Science is your research speed, or research units. Uh, industry is building. Um, food is population. Um, different planet types have different um, boosts. So some planets will give you automatically a plus one to food or whatever. Uh, they're also more habitable. Like you start on a Terran world. There's tundra, arctic, um, Desert, and then there's barren and lava, and then gas giants. Nice. The tiers of um, planets, and you have to research more and more to be able to colonize these other ones. Uh, so you, once you sort of capture your solar system, you start building ships, and you can start exploring the solar system and or um, colonizing new systems. While your enemies do the same. So it almost sounds like what Alex wanted from um, Sid Meier's Starships. The, yeah, so you're more you're not really based on cities on the planet, but each planet you can sort of um, t- t- uh, each planet can specialize in a certain type of right. research, sort of like or concentration. Uh, and certain planets are again um, better for other types. Although in the beginning you probably just want to put food just so you can get um, population, mm-hmm. and you need you can't recolonize until you have at least as two population units. And, Depending on the type of solar system and the work you've done, or type of planet rather, 
and the work you've done on the planet science-wise, um, you, you'll increase the population size available, etc. And then as you do research, you un, uh, unlock things um, you can upgrade star systems for. So you can say, now all planets in the system get plus seven to science if you have this discovery nice. or whatever. that's cool. Um, and then when you go deep enough in the exploration tree, so there's four research trees. There's exploration, science, weapons, and social, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and weapons are, you know, armor and weapons. Uh, science is, you know, faster engines, um, uh, lossless communication, which makes people happier, uh, that kind of thing. And then um, exploration is the stuff that lets you terraform planets in the end. Cool. So you can take a... Um, a lava planet and re-terraform it to a desert planet and then if you nice. want we can re-terraform that if you have the science into a tundra or something and then people are much happier and it's easier to live so it, it sounds like it's almost a pretty standard sort of strategy hexagon based game but with a little bit more depth to it yeah. and being able to, to change things around with like the systems and the planets and things like that yeah so it's a little deeper than how you describe starships Alex but um uh, and you can have trade agreements with people and break them, and then. Mm, but after mm. you break a trade agreement, you have to wait ten turns. Okay. To until you can declare war, which mm. I didn't realize as I had calmly stationed ships at all mm. the planets, and then they just. And you just got to wait for a little while. Yeah. I, I had it's very similar to the other um, game that Amplitude made, Endless Legend, and I think all of their games are in like a shared universe. So um, all the uh, resources are the same and. and it sounds the same as sort of like peace treaties and being able to do lots of different things with your neighbours where it seems almost unlike the Civ games like a diplomacy route is actually a viable option rather than having to wipe everybody out with armies and things to then have a look and say like the Civ games to go through a diplomatic route you already have to have had that army stuff whereas well sort of yeah yeah I've won purely cultural victories before and so mm. now like I just played a game the other day where with India I, I'm I'm up to like 1950 or something. Um, I haven't had a fight with anyone apart from a barbarian. Really? Yeah. Okay. And I, I'm second only to um, China on an 18 Civ game. Mm. So, you know, nice. second out of 18. It's obviously just the way I play Civ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you kind of have to play like that when you're India in Civ. Civ 4, this is. Because it's sort of um, like you just get massive population because there's so many food resources in India, mm. but not, not that much production. And, you know, you, you start off with spiritualism, so you can get Hinduism if you want. And then you've got, like, the first, well, one of the first religions, you can spread it quickly, get a lot of religious, like, uh, influence, which means that people like you more if they have your same religion. They're yeah. likely to attack you, don't really need an army. Okay, okay. You know, it's, it's a viable strategy, definitely. Mm. Yeah, I think maybe, because I've played a lot more Civ Five. Some of that's yeah. sort of lost in Civ Five. Mm. You don't get that um, breadth of, of mechanics, I suppose. You know, you're not, just not able to do that. I know when the Gods and Kings and a couple of other expansions came out, they started to introduce a few more systems like that, didn't they? But yeah, there's there is there's no religion on the basics of Five, right? Yeah, yeah. And then it's back in yeah Gods and Kings. I think I got one other expansion pack for Civ Five as well, which was like Brave um, New World. Brave New World. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know which one runs automatically now, or if they both run together. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't have either. No? I no. Don't know. It, it, it was kind of worth it getting one of those. I can't remember which one was mm. worth it, but yeah, well, it did make the game better. 
as you can tell, that's that's what I've been playing this week. So um, yeah, but with uh, endless space, did you? You said you picked it up a while ago, didn't you? Yeah, I can't I, imagine I it's very expensive at the Steam moment. It's... Yeah, I don't. It was very cheap this past weekend, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only thing I'd say is that it also has like one of the main win conditions is just in. It, maximum influence there's a threshold given the size of the galaxy you're working with mm-hmm. and if you have influence over that if you hit that threshold you win okay um, and the m- more population you have in a system in a system and certain scientific upgrades increase the system's influence radius and so when you hit the borders of another civilization if you, you know, really work on that border one you'll start pushing their influence back right which is kind of neat um, I really enjoyed it I, I didn't uh do very well in my first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I was doing okay. Um, one of the things that's really interesting is uh, one of the main mechanics is the population gets um, expansion um, fatigue. Yeah. So if you just start setting, a, oh, I can colonize something there, bang, 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 then you basically your approval rate rate tanks, and then yep. you just can't do anything for a while because everything takes so long because your population's on strike. Mm. And then you have to start researching other things. Which, so I did it in a really bad way because I had to stop and research to get to the things like the infinite supermarkets, which adds 15% approval on any planet that has it. Yeah. So you just, every every star system, you just set slot that to do it and then you get your approval rating back. But it takes a few turns and mm. you're not doing anything else. Yeah, I think it was the first game of Endless Legend that I played. Uh, came sort of right down towards the end. And I had a couple of turns left where I knew that I was going to win. And two turns before you know, the end of the game, where I knew I was going to win, someone did something and triggered one of the other um, victory conditions. And I lost with like two turns left. I was just thinking, oh, really? I spent all of this time. It was good. It was enjoyable. But yeah. I think they sort of seem to have a... more of a higher... Um, not difficulty rating than, say, like the Civ games... I don't think. I think I just picked a, a normal difficulty to play through on my first time. Yeah, so did I. Yeah, and it. It's nice that when you play a normal on Civ, you sort of, you know, if you go right through a thing, you sort of walk through it really, mm. and it's almost quite easy. Um, whereas with Endless Legend, at least, and I suppose the same with Endless yeah. Space, they sort of, they've ramped the difficulty up maybe a little bit more than say the Civilization games. Yeah, you definitely actually need some some strategy um, to cool. get through it. How about you, Ben? Um. I have played a couple of games this week. Um, as I mentioned last week, I've been playing Pillars of Eternity, but I'll come back to that in a minute. Um, the first game I played was uh, Drive Club, another game I played quite a lot of. Uh, but they released a new set of tracks this week and a few new cars. Um, and the tracks are actually taken from the all of the expansion packs that they've released. So I think there's something like 11 or 12 tracks to be able to play through. Um, but all of the tracks come from all of the expansion packs I don't have so it's nice to be able to play different configurations of different levels with cars that I haven't even unlocked yet nice. um, and Drive Club was meant to have a, a free Playstation Plus version which was meant to come out on launch of Playstation 4 so we're 18 months in and it still hasn't turned up yet um, and the Studio Evolution have basically just said yeah we're working on it but they had massive server issues when the game was released and they wanted to get those all fixed first then they wanted to sort out additional expansions and extra bits for the people who had paid for the game first so this PS Plus version seems to have been pushed back and back and back but this 
new set of races, this new set of tracks, almost seems like it should be the PS Plus version because it's giving you a snapshot of lots of different parts of the game. Yeah. Um, so whether that PS Plus version is on its way, and if you haven't picked up Drive Club, maybe wait about a month or so. There might be a PS Plus version. There probably won't be. But yeah, I've been getting uh, more into that, and that is an absurd racing game. It just looks awesome. Yeah. So let's hit the second beer. Yeah. Cool. So Cutthroat. Yeah. So it's from Tree Brewery, which is uh, a brewery outside in uh, Kelowna, BC. It uh, is a full-flavored West Coast ale. Um, they've gone through uh, in the past ten years. They they switched owners, I think, but definitely brewmasters. And so I haven't had a chance to drink a lot of tree. So it wasn't available in Alberta for a long time. Okay. Um, so every time, basically, I uh, had a job or had a friend going through BC, I'd ask for a couple boxes of, of tree. Um, they had, And they had, had a wonderful IPA, which I couldn't find at the time, but I've heard good things about Cutthroat, so I thought I'd, we'd give it a go. Cool. It's unpasteurized. Um, nice. It's <clears throat> got Pearl Centennial Golden Cascade and Columbus Hops. Cool. It's a medium body, and it's got... Pale, light Munich, honey, Vienna, and crystal malt. Nice. That's cool. Nice. So, with the beers in Canada, with the craft beers in Canada, are they quite localised? I suppose we're such a small country here that our craft beers sort of can spread nationwide quite easily. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> yeah, in Canada with it being it's getting, massive. It's getting a little better because the craft brewery movement uh, in the Western world has sort of... Yeah. It is now a standard thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so people will sort of um, buy it more often. But it's yeah. also sort of weird because in Canada, the provinces, most of the provinces have their own liquor control board. Right. And um, the LCBs are the ones who do all the purchasing. Sure. Uh, and then they end up selling. Like in Alberta, it's supposed to be all privatized, but all the private liquor stores, which are everywhere, because it's privatized. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, have to buy through the Alberta Liquor Control Board, the LCB. Okay. So, you, if you want, if you have the money and talk to the supplier, you, you can't just buy the beer. Right. Okay. So, what the fuck is a liquor control board? It is a board that controls liquor. What's Prohibition, it? mate. They have to have all these yeah, this shit in place, right? I don't know. Did that happen in Canada? Prohibition happened in Canada. No. Why no, that people actually understand? smuggled... Uh, Completely different country. Yeah, people smuggled <laughs> uh, from Canada was one of the things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, either you made your own moonshine or you smuggled it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, why do you need a liquor control board? What the vets and allowance? Yeah, uh, I don't know why now in the so modern weird. world, but they definitely did it. Yeah, they just yeah. want controls, I suppose. Yeah. They've just retained it from an older system. Um, also, because there's a lot of liquor tax, they can collect the tax more easily if they're distributing. If all the liquor in the province has to come through you, then you will get your tax. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, we, we but then to, there's overhead. But we don't have that here, as far as I know. And um, I imagine they get the tax that they need. Who knows? Anyway. You, you should ask your brewer, brewer friends. Yeah, I should. I'll find out. Yeah, we can report back. Yeah. So we've got a much darker, mm-hmm. much more amber well, ale than we're used to. It's still pale ale colour. That first... Yeah. Darker. A dark definitely. pale ale. That first hit on the nose is really nice. Oh, yeah. It's a sweet, it's a mm. sweet smell, definitely. Yeah. It doesn't look like it's 
um, unpasteurized. I was just imagining it would be cloudy. Yeah. yeah. It looks totally like clear commercial beer. Yeah. So. Tastes nice. It's very Ooh, light. Mm. With a little bit of a copper in the aftertaste. Yeah. But yeah. that also fades really quickly. Mm, it does. Oh, it doesn't have much of a lasting taste, really. No, it's not it's, a huge flavour. No. no. It's a delicate one. It's nice. It's got it's kind of... Um, what's the flavour in the middle? It's almost like perfumey or something. Flower? Yeah, a little. Yeah, it is a little, yeah. Like floral. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't know what flower, but definitely floral. Not flower as in mm. the thing you make bread out of. Mm. I don't think anyone was thinking that that's what you meant. Um, there was that one person <laughs> who bakes a lot and doesn't drink? Perhaps. Perhaps. I don't think anyone that bakes doesn't drink. Baking seems like drinking should be involved at all times, right? It's possibly. <laughs> Maybe not in a bakery. Yeah. <laughs> nah. They anyway, know what they're doing. So, so um, since you played Civ Four, we're talking about yes. strategy games... Adol, you've played another strategy game, yeah, but slightly different to the standard strategy game. Are you talking about Civilization Revolution? I am. I am. Light. Light. Uh, which is an iOS and Android game um, by the Civ people. I can't imagine it working on a touch screen. I can't see how a Civ would transfer. Would, actually, that wasn't too terrible. Um, you click on a person, you select them, and then you hold on them, and you get a context menu, one of which mm. is move. You click move, and then you... So it's a little more touching, but not a lot. So um, it's almost exactly the same game as a, as a standard yeah. Civ game. Yeah, it's it's simplified, right? So you you don't have nearly as much much depth, I guess. Is yeah. Uh, I had the light version only take goes to the modern age. Uh, I played as Genghis Khan, and... Yes. Um, I got to the point of having cannons, and mm -hmm. I shot up the Americans. Uh, had a couple scuffles with the Japanese, and accidentally killed the Persians because I thought that they, it was just one of their cities that was in my way, and it was their only city. <laughs> um, <laughs> Poor Persians. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a small map. Uh, I don't know if in the full version you can pick a bigger one. Uh, but like a uh, your first unit galleon could. Traverse the world end to end, like diagonal, probably in. I'd say, twenty to twenty-five turns. Okay, so not big because mm -hmm. they go three or four squares yeah. at a time. I mean, obviously, there's land in the way that might mm -hmm. take you longer, but just as a diagonal. Um, you you do research, you get wonders, you get people. Um, one of the win conditions <clears throat> is like forty-seven great things, whether that's. Um, buildings or people or whatever—it's oh, yeah. all sort of stacked together. Is it? Does it focus more on sort of a quicker game as well? Yeah, I think yeah. that's one of the like a, like a lot of it doesn't take a long time to get through to um, to the modern era where the game the the free version of Rev Light ends. I think they're the because they have Civ Rev Two out now, so I think Civ Rev One is probably about three or four dollars. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, so it combat is. I mean, it's never been the strong suit of Civ, so I think you basically um, put three units on a square, make them an army, click the army, drag it to the place, to the city, they attack. It tells you who, how many won or lost with a really cheap animation. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I can't imagine it's 
visually stunning. Yeah, I would say it, yeah, I wouldn't. I would play it on a bus or a train or something, but I wouldn't sit down ever and choose to play it. Mm-hmm. Just that depth isn't there. Yeah, that's what mobile apps are for. Yeah, though, isn't it? so I think it does. It does does scratch the itch that I've been lately having for four uh, X strat game. Yeah, um, but <clears throat> but yeah, I mean. The researching is also fairly fairly simple tree. Um, although it is nice because you can look at the tree and if you click on a thing, it'll show you the quickest path. Yeah. Um, which is useful. Um, you can do trade offers where you offer, you know, someone one thing for another. Uh, but again, because the trees are really not that complicated and time goes really quickly, it's much easier to just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I'll have peace. Yeah, yeah sure. So, I'll have peace. Like it just it, it loses the the edge that Civ has yeah. over the other types of games. Do you think it's worth? Do you think it's worth maybe three or four quid? I felt yeah, probably. Yeah, not much more. It depends on how much time you have to play on a mobile game that you don't have mm-hmm. on a real mm-hmm. computing gaming device. Like if you take the bus a bunch and you don't have a 3ds or a Vita or something, then yeah, I think that'd be a great way to kill time. And on the bus. if you like Civ, well, yeah. And you want something like that. Yeah. Hey, I mean, of the genres, of the main genres of games that you can play, uh, that, that people play, I'd say this type of strike game is actually lends itself more to the mobile platform than the cheap attempts at like FPSs do. Okay, cool. I mean, platformers are, are obviously okay on the, on these mm. screens. Mm. Um, and, and I was surprised at how fluid the strike game was. Cool. Nice. Sounds good. Yeah. So, like a. An 8 out of 10, a 7 out of 10, something like that. For a mobile game, yeah. yeah. For a real game, more like a 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. It's strange that we, even I do it, Like you differentiate between mobile games and any other kind of game, whether it's yeah. on a handheld or a console or a PC. Or yeah. Mobile games just seem like they're a completely different entity, almost. Yeah, that would be a good topic for a show. Maybe. Yeah, it would, it would. Maybe we okay. shall revisit. Then. Yeah, it's a control scheme. Because mm. I've played a, a, quite a few mobile games in the last mm. few weeks, Um Amazon keeps sending out, I assume it's generic mass emails to everybody saying, you can get £100 worth of apps free in the App Store today. I don't get that. I've never got those. Okay. And he's a primer. Um, oh, are you? I am, yeah. You're not? Mm. Somehow. Um, I don't know why I get these then. But I forgot to cancel my Amazon Prime. That's why I'm a primer. Like Again? You get a free two weeks or something. Yeah. And if you don't cancel in that time... It just... It rolls on. You pay for the, the year. year. The oh, year. Yeah. that's brutal. Yeah. If you email them, you can cancel it and they'll... They usually, <clears throat> you could get. Um, they'll give you credit for uh, for times. Fuck it, I've got it. I, I it means I can now. Like whenever I buy anything off Amazon, I'm just like hell yeah, one day delivery. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, yeah. of course. I want it to my house tomorrow. I mean, even if I don't that, need it at all. Yeah, that's the that's the whole gambit with the free month or whatever. Because then you, people love having things right away. Very true. Hooks you. It hooks you. But yeah, I download a few apps every now and again. With this sort of, I, I assume it's not specifically for me. I would imagine if anyone went on the Amazon App Store and went on to free, there's a mm. range of 20 apps. Yes, they might all come up to £100, which is why they say you get £100 free worth of apps. Um, you know, they don't give you £100 in your, in your right. wallet as such yeah, to be able voucher. to buy on it. It's, it's, you know, these are the free apps that are out. I picked up a few mobile games, and yeah, like you say, they're okay for if you sort of lying in bed and can't sleep. For ten minutes, just to play something, take your mind off whatever it is that yeah. stop making you sleep or, or on the bus or something. So yeah, waiting for someone. Yeah, it's way better than Bejeweled. Okay, that's <laughs> not as good as Snake though. 
Snake's classic. Yeah. It's classic. That Snake was of its time, though. I mean, oh, not to have this debate yeah. now, but like, I mean, it, if it came out now, you'd be like, yeah, this is lame. Uh, it's, it's, it's of the time before it, though, because it was Nibbles on QBasic. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> right, Going okay, but right when, back. When you had one of those, like, you know... Um, Nokia. Nokia, yeah, exactly. And you're on the back of the bus at school or whatever, playing, and everyone's like, oh, amazing, it's a game on my phone, you know, beep, 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 when you're playing, pressing the keys because they all make noises and you haven't figured out how to turn that off yet. That was, it was then. Nowadays, you know, you can be playing Civilization on your phone. Why would you want to be playing fucking Snake? True. I mean, when was the last time you played Snake? When oh, you were on the bus yeah. on the way to school. Well, snake, snake's yeah. almost evolved into just the endless runner genre mm, where you just come from the back and you're just a guy running hmm. and you have to tap to jump over oh, a log or go really left or go like right or... it's called jungle run or something like that oh there's one that's yeah. not a building uh, oh, temple run temple run I that's, fucking yeah. hate that game that's a bullshit game I don't like it at all it's, I don't think I've ever played it really it's, it's a really big um, free app like I don't know is it free? it certainly possibly was possibly at some point definitely yeah yeah, yeah. I know, mm. I spent, That's quite old now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I I think I spent something like you know how I'm like still not really on Twitter, although I am. Yeah. I did tweet something the other day. So oh, which one? Tweet? Which is oh, as you or as behind the, podcast? the wall? As 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 tanked up, I hey. retweeted some yes. stuff about crane brewing. Nice. You're so, still on Twitter. It, yes, it was it. But my point is, that, um, I got I played Angry Birds about five years after everyone else was playing Angry Birds I was like hey this, is, this game's quite fun it's called Angry Birds <laughs> like, yeah yeah I'm like the last I'm literally the last person in the world who hasn't played Angry Birds I can't believe how big that game got like there was yeah. so much random merch hey man kids they buy fucking any shit well, I mean that's where why mobile games are exploding because now every kid has an iPod touch because the, if not they're not cool and a lot of their parents are buying them iPhones now because there's this whole theory of now if my kid gets in trouble, um, he can phone for help. It's like, no, no, kid's going to get mugged because he has a fucking <laughs> he's a phone. Yeah. He's got... No one's going to take my phone card that I can only use in specific phone boxes to phone home <laughs> if something goes wrong. If they see my kid playing Snake on the way home on his Nokia, <laughs> they'll leave him alone, I think. He's poor enough. Yeah. He obviously had a very hard life. The mugger ends up giving him five pounds. Yeah. It's like, I'm so sorry. So sorry. be like, yeah, I've got an iPhone 2, you can have this, it's rubbish. I don't play <laughs> Stole it off the kid down the road. <laughs> uh, off topic, massively. Right. Well, not really. Still games. Saying, still games. Still video games, as, as you said mm. at the beginning. So, here's a question. Because uh, um, we were talking earlier, in fact, we sort of started the podcast talking about what counts as a game, although we deleted... Um, a video game. A video. What counts as a video game? Yeah. So, do you remember? Did you ever get those games that had the the interactive games that had the VHS tape and you had to pause it as oh, a yeah, that's Atmosphere. Like, um... It was a horror based yes, game called yeah. Atmosphere. <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely. Because that ridiculous is literally game. a video game. But will we review them? <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should. Maybe we should have an Atmosphere oh, I, I night. Bet, I bet someone's put those on YouTube. Oh, we'll have to look into this. So Sam's has um, a Star Trek board game. No, 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 actually, sorry, let me roll out back. When I went up to her parents' house with her, like, last year at some point, we went to a shop and bought a Star Trek game 
that had a DVD that went along with it, so that when you land on certain squares, like a board game, yeah. when you land on certain squares, it was like... Go to chapter four. Yeah, it? exactly. And then you put, yeah, and there's a little bit of video and stuff. You just wolf, stab someone in the yeah, head or something. it was like little things like that. And then you have to answer a question about what was just happening in that scene and stuff. And uh, Sam's dad refused to play. <laughs> he said, I'm not playing this bullshit or whatever. But actually, he's a massive trekkie. Really? He like, wandered in at some point and looked at the video, and it was like, what type of... Starship is this or something? We were all like, oh, I don't know. Excelsior class. Some of these, and then he was just like, oh, it's obviously a such and such. And we like pressed to see the answer. He's like, you're right. I mean, God, <laughs> it was just yeah. He was amazing at this. <laughs> but he that refused to play. Game. Yeah, he didn't want to play. But he was too good. It's a DVD, game. DVD game. Yeah, he's going to be on TV soon. It's a TV program featuring him. Oh, which starts in a few weeks. Yeah, I'll pal be. We'll tweet that. Beefing that up. Yeah, nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Funny. Yeah, anyway, we'll explain it later. We've gone off piste. From now we've piste. Yeah, yeah, now we've gone off piste. Yeah, definitely. I think it's time for another beer. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think probably the La Fin du Monde. Oh fuck! We're having the triple. This is the big boy. The triple. Yeah. So this is nice. a. It's a wine bottle sized. Um, French. Fr- well, Canadian French. French Canadian. Quebecois. Quebecois. Uh, La Fin du Monde. Which the means the, world. the fin of the world. Yes, the fin of the world. <laughs> I can speak French. Like the world's some, a giant shark. and Yeah. It's just the that's fin. That's what it means. It's a um, 9% triple Yeah, from Unibrew, which do a handful of other um, beers like Trois Pistoles, Three Pistols, Maudit, My God. Um, oh, gorgeous sound. Yeah. Sorry, I talked over. A slightly that. different sound. Than usual. Yeah, that's it's, true. It's corked. The dog wasn't too happy. Yeah, we haven't. Um, we've not had a corked beer on the podcast yet. So this true. will be the first. I'm not sure where the boundary between the double and the triple lies. Because I think it's seven to eight. Uh, if it's under eight, it's definitely a double. If it's under eight, well, yeah, but I mean, if it's. Yeah, I know. If it's six, is that a double? Yeah, I think so. Because I thought ten was where triple started. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's... I mean, I don't think there's, like, you know, there's, there's no rule book out there. It says exactly where they have to be. But... Just call it what you like. Yeah. <laughs> Strong-ass <laughs> beer. You just think, this isn't a triple at all. If you're taking it to a homebrew competition, there probably would be, actually, a, literally a rule book, which says... So feel free to not pour the last bits, because they'll have a little sediment in if you really? care. I don't mind that. Yeah. No, yeah, it's fine. That's fine. We're just giving you the heads up. You can see it getting cloudier. It is getting cloudier. Yeah, that's fine. I, I don't mind. It looks good. Oh yeah, I just some people Thank get really surprised much. by this. Yeah. And they're like, "Whoa, it tasted crap at the end." I'm like, yeah. That's a beer. It's corked because it still has yeast in it. <laughs> that's a oh. that's, that's a beer. That is a beer. Oh, yes. That's a good smell. Yeah, yeah. What is? It? Well, it's, just, oh. it's a Belgian beer smell, yeah. essentially. It's like it's difficult to describe exactly what that is. But. It has a hint of orange, but just a hint. There's, It's not very, like, it doesn't have the tang of a citrus, but it has the sweetness of an orange. Ooh, Ooh that is nice. Cinnamon? That's a good beer. Oh, yeah. Cinnamon? I really Perhaps. Like beer. Yeah, a lot of, um, like, like, quite sharp kind of orange flavour in, in there yeah. as well. Yeah, that's it. That's a good beer. That's a lot of flavour. Mm. Yeah. That is I, good. That is very good. I thought you guys might enjoy this one. It's like a Trappist style. Like a, yeah, a little like bit. A, 
Um, it's a rock four triple. It's quite similar. The ten, yeah. The ten is the yeah. I suppose so. The eight. Oh the no, dark one. That yeah, I like the, most. the eight is the one I like the most, and the yeah. ten is quite good. But for some people, like oh, I got the ten. Well, should I got the eight? <laughs> yeah. It's not about numbers. <laughs> yeah, I think we should have a Belgian week. Can you get Belgian beers like that in Canada? Yeah. Yeah. So you could get a rock four, eight. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, me too. So when I spent my, my two and a half years living in, in Amsterdam and had in the liquor store down the street from my flat, uh, Rock of Four Eight for something like, uh, I think it was a three year old bottle, huh. which is dirt cheap. I just was like, this is dangerous. And I purposely <laughs> stopped going to that liquor store because I would just spend too much. Cause otherwise, beer is quite cheap in, in the Netherlands and that that's quite expensive. And mm. it's still like, it's only three euro. For that quality bottled beer. Go back to Canada, saw it um, at a bar being sold for, I think it was $13 at the, at the bar for a bottle. The same bottle. Yeah. Like, exchange rate's not that crappy, guys. It's the same as when you go well, anywhere, I suppose. It's, in, yeah, it's proximity. We went, yeah, we went to Berlin, and the price of Jägermeister in Berlin is a third of what it is over here. We were buying seven fifty mil bottles for eight euros just from Holy yeah, 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 absurd. And you're still alive. Oh, that was a bottle a night we banged anyway. That's a different story. <laughs> a different story. There were no video games at that. There were no video games during that. I don't think when I went there were many mobile games. I think Snake was a little bit old for when I went, but uh, but yeah, I don't think many people were playing mobile games at the time when I went there. Anyway, anyway, I played a new game this week that came out last week, um, which I spoke about previously last week, just very slightly, called Pillars of Eternity. Oh, yeah. And it is a um, sort of dungeon crawler RPG in the vein of uh, Baldur's Gate, Icewind Dale, um, sort of the isometric-based party RPG game. It's fucking fantastic. (laughs) Is it Diablo-esque or more? Yeah, yeah, very similar to sort of Star Wars. It draws more on um, who made the game Obsidian. It draws more on their previous games. Um, is it Planetscape Torment and Icewind Dale right. and, and, and the original Fallout game and things like that? So it it pulls a lot of different things from that. But it's just such a nice game. It's it's well balanced with some of the classes. You've got to be really strategic in the way that you approach um, different enemies and the way that you fight. You get you know, as with any RPG, you can go really in depth with the character creation and how they progress through. Um, it it sort of beats other, or it goes more in depth than other maybe RPGs. And you get RPGs like Skyrim and things like that, slightly different kind of game. Um, but you pick your character class, and you have other party members with you, which are the character or companions, which are other character classes. And you you roll through, and you get various upgrades and things. But with this, you can really customize your um, your character, so you can have a fighting or a tank type character um, who can be, you know, a fighter can be a tank, um, a ranger can be a tank. Loads of the classes can can fill that role if you want them oh, to. Cool. So it allows you to really play with like the party system and who you have within your party and what kind of character you want to be. Um, it's it's got a nice sort of questing system. There's a little bit of the sort of tropes of RPG games where you have to run back and forth between different areas and you have to go to one person to get the quest and then 
you go to an area and you, you do the quest, you go back to that person, then they say, oh, can you just go over here and do this as well for me? And you go back. I mean, some of that's there, but it's it's all really interesting because the world is really good as well. It's really fleshed out. There's lots of backstory. Um, the, the characters give you a lot of really random, like, you know, you're just moving through one of the maps and one of the characters in your party will start up a conversation with one of the other characters in your party, completely irrelevant of what you're doing. Oh, cool. That will just kick in, which is really nice sort of, which is a really nice touch. Um, and it's it's just a really good game. It looks nice. Um, it was kickstarted as well. So I think they made more money than they'd originally thought they were going to. And there's lots of really nice nods to the people that backed the, the kickstarter as well. So um, I think there was a tier where you could um, name and customise a character or a ca- ca- name and customise an NPC. So when you're moving through the world, you'll see an NPC with a gold nameplate and that's one that someone has designed. And if you click on them, um, what happens is with the, the story, the character the character that you create, the main character, um, has something that goes wrong with them and they become something... Um, they're able to see past lives of people, basically. You get this ability. It's a passive ability and it's storyline-driven. Um, but you can see into their past lives. So what this does, when you go up to one of these player or one of these backer-created NPCs you get a nice dialogue of text, which is almost like a backstory, like a memory that this person has. So there's lots of that within. So you could you know, you know, could not indulge in that at all. You could not click on any of these people. You could have a completely in-world sort of experience. Or you could allow the, the, the trait that this character has picked up to sort of influence how you then see the world. And there's a lot of depth to it, which is mm. really nice. I mean, I'm only maybe half of the way through at the moment, and I've sunk almost a week's worth of my gaming time into it you know this is a couple of evenings and a weekend well, not quite a full weekend but you know a decent amount of time um but it's a game that you could bang out in a few hours if you just stuck to the main storyline um i'm not sure because i've only had one playthrough and i'm not sure whether the enemies or anything scale with you yet whether you get bigger groups of enemies based on how many party members you have whether you do it on your own it sort of scales down to make it a little bit easier for you because there are there are steam achievements for doing it just on your own and not having any sort of party with you so it's obviously uh, it is possible and the developer of obsidian obviously wanted people to be able to do that if that's what they wanted you know you, you have almost more of a, a skyrim sort of a bethesda experience just going through by yourself and wrecking shit <laughs> as you sort of as you feel or having that bigger RPG experience and having a, more of a D&D more of a Dungeons and Dragons sort of experience and having that big party built around you and being able to roll through that kind of system so it's got a shitload of depth it looks good it plays well cool I just awesome. really enjoy it <laughs> yeah nice it's a really good <laughs> game um, and I, it was it's not even very expensive I mean I think it came out at 40 quid I might cheat a little bit and found it from a found a code from a website somewhere and got it a little bit cheaper but um, you just accidentally but it's, it's there, they're there they're there they're available to, to but, pick up so what you paid it roughly 40 quid maybe a little bit less really I paid a little bit less but 40 quid I think <laughs> a is, little bit less <laughs> I mean I wouldn't describe 40 quid as not that much for a game I'd probably say that's pretty much my ceiling I'm not sure I'd yeah. pay more than I, I, 40 yeah. quid for one game I mean maybe a package of games I really wanted all of them but Mm. I mean, gone are the days where I'm going to be buying and a Call of Duty on the day of release. And just yeah, I suppose it, even though it's like a kickstarted um, game, it is still a top tier AAA, AAA 
as the you know the only class that we really have to describe it with. It is that kind of game. It is done yeah, to that kind of detail and that good. sort of level. So, so yeah. that's that's top end price. It is, yeah, though, yeah. It's not it's not like Definitely. quite cheap. It's 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 about right for the quality of game. That's that's. It's when I say quite cheap and then realise where I'd got it from that <laughs> <laughs> I made the mistake. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't no, think I've spent more than forty quid on a game. Yeah, maybe that's fair. Maybe I have, but yeah, I I tend to stock Steam sales slash wait for them to generally float down. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they float down on certain websites. Yes, <laughs> faster than they do on Steam. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Or at least you can take advantage of Steam sales after Steam sales are done. Hypothetically speaking, um, I should mention, I suppose, whilst I thought about it. We're not drink. Obviously, we're not drinking an honest brew selection this week, um, but we are next week, and I think they've put some extra beers in the box for us, which is cool. Thank you, honest brew. Yeah. So uh, even though we're not drinking their beers, so I'll still plug them this week. Might as well. Sounds yeah. good. Just whilst it popped into my head. Yeah, yeah. What <laughs> you think about it? <laughs> Why not? It's a good. It is a good service. To be fair, I got yeah. off on something different, but it is good. You just yeah. pick sort of the style of beer that you want or the kind of flavours and tastes that you sort of mm-hmm. want and they will send you a customised and you can batch put of beers. like uh, a list of whatever breweries you like and if they have stuff oh cool try and, oh I didn't know that uh, they'll try and, so I, I mean I put a load of really obscure breweries as well as some like ones that I mean I put uh, Partisan in there for yeah. instance and most weeks we've had something from it most yeah, months yeah. we've had something from it yeah uh, the lemongrass season, the ultimate lemongrass Ooh. season. Ooh. Although, S- still a podcast favourite. Yeah, I got another uh, partisan season in the beer emporium uh, that evening when yeah. we went out with Cam. Um, and it was a something else season, not lemongrass. It wasn't. But it had some other ingredient, Qualifier. something like that. Oh, this didn't bother me. But anyway, I, I like poured it out, and you know, I, I bought it the bottle in the, behind the bar in the beer emporium. Yeah. So it was like four quid fifty or something, maybe more. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much it was. I was like, yeah, well, I just want to taste that. It's going to be nice. Um, you know, like fuck it, just I'll pay for it, whatever. You know, one of those moments where I just really wanted it. Poured it out into the glass, and it was all like had a good nose, handed it to Adel, he had a good nose of it as well, we had a little sip, and I was like, mm, oh yes, that's very, very nice, isn't it, yeah, passed it to Adel, he oh yes, I like that too, yes, that's really nice, and then Sam picks it up, and she's like, oh, let me have a taste, and she has a little sip, and goes, hmm, it tastes like a sole, where someone's just pushed a little bit of lime down, <laughs> and I was like, oh, it does, you've ruined it, completely. it's been 450, I was really enjoying it, and now you've pointed out, actually, it's such a delicate flavour. Uh, it tastes exactly like a soul with the lime bridge, didn't it? Oh man, that's the oh, wrong God. way to drink soul as well. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, the right way to drink Corona in Mexico, though. <sighs> I've never been to Mexico. Uh, well, I mean, you know where that lime in the beer tradition started, right? No. Flies. Mm. Keeps the flies away. Really? Yeah. And then you get that a That makes sense. I mean, citrus and beer go well together in general. Yeah. Right? But, yes. So As an added bonus. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Mm. It is definitely a North American week here on. It is. Up. It is. Um, so, Adol, you've played one more game, if only very briefly. I yeah, I will speak briefly, and I played briefly. Uh, seeing as we've talked about the other two endless games, I played. We had free access this week as Steam people. Um, Steam people. Steam people. <laughs> now is that people? Is that like steampunk people, or is that people made of steam? People made of steam. I thought of people made of steam. Yeah. But then that means just you change my consistency completely. It's... But but 
we wouldn't be able to survive in most environments because we would immediately condense and we would no longer be steam people. But that would be yeah. that would be everywhere. The steam people are transient. Near volcanoes. <laughs> steam people only last for a small amount of time. They have mm. a very profound outlook on the world. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which really should be the Alex, same Alex, steam people expert. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's right. Um, going away from steam people anthropology. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, Dungeon of the Endless. Which is a side dungeon of the endless. Yeah. Okay. Again, conveniently, so it's a dungeon crawler type game uh, where each your turns are basically room based. Mm-hmm. So you start in a room and you have an artifact and your characters. So you start with two characters. I think it's I think it's multiplayer. I don't actually remember now. Um, in, each room has amount of dust. Dust is your currency. You can. Wait, didn't um, we do this game already? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Part of the same shared universe. Yeah. Um, you can research into things, science, industry. You can. Uh, certain rooms have uh, minor or major accessory slots where you can put things like a minor defense droid where enemies will get shot as soon as they enter it. Okay. As they're progressing through. Uh, and as you. So you don't control your people, you just say, go in this room. Mm-hmm. And if there's enemies, they'll immediately start attacking. And you can then order someone in a different room to start going. They'll go immediately to that room if they need to. So that first person through the room has to engage with what's going on in the room. So what you can do is click one and the other if you're you're worried. Um, Fog of War in a room, if you haven't seen it, once you've seen it, you see the whole room forever, magically. Mm -hmm. Um, After a while, enemies will start sort of streaming through the halls um, towards your artifact and start attacking it. Only a certain amount of enemies will, will engage you. And there's weird floating diamonds who you're, you won't auto-engage, it seems. Like, you have to sort of force your characters to. Like, go into the next room they're in, and then they'll start fighting them. Yeah. Uh, and the point is, you explore the map until you find the exit to the floor. Then you have to go back, pick up the artifact, go to the elevator, go up the floor. And you're basically in the bottom of some sort of complicated tower, tower or bunker or whatever. And you're trying to escape. Okay. In the dungeon, obviously. Yeah, but... I mean, it's, it's what I'm trying to say is it's it's sort of floor based. Okay. Um, but it's a little weird because it's a dungeon crawler where you don't you don't crawl the dungeon so much as direct to the crawling of a dungeon. Um, also, one of the interesting nuances is you only have a certain amount of power per floor. So in order to um, like make a defense unit or add some. Uh, you know, a dust gathering thing, you have to power the rooms. Mm-hmm. Some rooms in between don't have any purpose, but you have to power in a, a, a contiguous you, pattern. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, I want to power this room, and then you have to use power slots to power that room, um, which means once you explore, you kind of have to do, kind of explore a path to its end and then go back so that you can power all the things to there. And overall, I just. It was an interesting concept, but I spent maybe half an hour and then was like, don't think this is for me. Mm. Um, I thought the various mechanics seemed interesting, but ultimately it just seemed, I just couldn't get beyond the fact that there are enemies and sometimes I, I, I couldn't just say, I want to kill that guy first. I couldn't walk through the dungeon and be like, oh, I had to like 
click on the guy, then scroll to a room, then click on the room and hope he got there in a sufficient way. And if there was an enemy in between him and that room, he would stop, even if I didn't care about that enemy, because the enemy I wanted to kill first was already attacking the artifact. Mm -hmm. If the artifact dies, the game ends. So, like, no, ignore that guy. He's not the thing yet. Kill the guy at the artifact, wait for the other guy to come, and, like, that strategy doesn't work, really. Cause yeah, I hate that when, like, games are made in such a way that is an obvious command you want to be able to give, but that somehow some part of the game mechanics fucks it up, and then, like, and you're there, like, no, don't do that. Oh, for fuck's sake, he's done that again. And, yeah, like, if I there's an that. enemy between you and the object room, you just can't do anything about it. Yeah. And it just seems really strange. I suppose, do you, do you think that maybe that's how it would be in... in Almost in a it's real situation. Real like, the first person that busts through a door into an unknown room will have to engage with what's going on in that room. Yeah. If there are enemies in there, yeah. you would have to start... Well, right, that's more of a shoot first, ask questions later sort of approach. Oh, but I don't think there's any but that, yeah, in yeah. this world. Yeah. Uh, it's more of like, if one of you guys is engaging an enemy who takes more than a few hits to die, I can't just send the other guy past the fight. Right, mm. They have to engage. They go and they see the enemy and they start attacking. Meanwhile, the enemies have these weird floating diamond things which will just continue to go on their path and won't attack you or... They'll okay. just go for the artifact. Oh, double standards. How dare they? It's like being in a relationship with a game. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck games. <laughs> but apart from... I mean, it, yeah, it, it seems like it's a little bit of a fun... Yeah, I think if, if you don't if you like that sort of more commander-based approach, uh, I think it'd be, it, it might be the solution to dungeon crawlers for you. Because if you don't like the frenetic twitch, run around, smack, 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 having to be on your toes the whole time in a very individual way, rather than being on your toes strategically, that, that, that would be the difference between me and someone who likes the game, I think. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's almost um, completely different to Pillars of Eternity. With pillars, you're constantly pausing the game to be able to issue commands to various to, to your party members, and you can set them up in encounters very specifically to be able to get flanking bonuses and for one of them to be the tank. And oh, but so you're controlling all of them. Yes, yeah. So you can, even though you're you've got one character that you've created, you still control the full party as. as but you as control like the nuances of like target this and attack this. Yeah. 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 Okay, so that that'd be the gap. Like you control everyone in this game, but yep. you control them in the you are now in this room. Yes. Yep. Not the you are now in the you happen to be in this room, you are now doing this. Mm-hmm. I mean that's where the gap that I found I really struggled with being captivated by. But Dungeon the Endless as well is a bit more like endless space, isn't it, in terms of its setting. It's yeah. quite futuristic. It's, yeah. so it's well, I don't know whether that why that would change any of the game mechanics. It, wouldn't but well, it's much more it's the same type of game in the sense of like you don't you send like um in oh yeah in endless space you you can automatically play space battles like when an enemy ship and you are in the same system okay and one of you decides to engage with the other or you can manually do it and then there's basically three stages of attack long range medium range melee range mm-hmm. and depending on what you're equipped with you can say use this weapon and use this booster like there's some that give a Minus to enemy accuracy and a plus to your missiles, which is great for long range because yeah. missiles are long range, right? So, and then there's different um, maneuvers you can be like default maneuver, flanking maneuver, veteran maneuver, where the guys with the most experience are up front, mm-hmm. presumably so they can dodge more. Um, and that's the most interactive you are with units. Uh, but other than that, I guess I can see how this is the way they <clears> thrive, which is the 
he, it's a, it's a, it seems like a very issuing commands and let the game resolve the commands. Yep. Um, sort of universe set of games. How is Endless Legend on that? Uh, I'm trying to think now. Endless Legend is very similar um, in that you get into an encounter, you can issue a command, and then the turn will do what that command is, and each unit moves around. So it's yeah, it's, I suppose it's quite similar. It's nowhere near as in depth as like Pillars of Eternity right. would be, but um, a bit more like Civ or something like that. Yeah. Well, it seems like, seeing as we were talking about the endless world, it's a good segue to our topic, which is... <laughs> His worlds. It's, it's only 56 minutes into the podcast. Let's talk about the actual topic of the podcast. Yeah, right. let's open the last beer first. Last beer. So last beer is, we have a beer each. Yeah. This is a novelty for the, the show. We haven't sure. had a beer each before. <laughs> so, so this is the Yukon Brewery uh, Midnight Sun Espresso Stout. It is a brewery in the uh, from the Yukon Territories, um, which is the northern Canada, but one large swath, the bit that connects uh, BC and Alberta to Alaska. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the part of Canada that everyone visualizes: snow, barren, sledding, more snow, wolves, um, huskies, uh, polar bears as well. Polar bears, yeah. All those Canadian things, kind of syrup everywhere. Yeah, actually, the maple syrup tends to come from. The Ontario Quebec side, so the beginning of the podcast, or the beginning, well, middle third. So yeah, this is uh, the first stout we have. Yeah, it's an espresso it stout. Yeah. Um, it's one of my favourite Canadian beers. I'm curious. We really should think have about. Um, varied more the amount of the types of beer that we've been drinking. So, yeah. yeah, possibly. I mean, that's because because of the honest brew box. Like we've we've kept it as mm. a, a similar. I've taken the filters off that now, so there's no. I don't. So, certainly exactly. so next week, who types. knows what we'll get? Yes. Well, I know a little bit about what we're going to get. I'm not going to say no. Well, okay, fair. fair. We'll, you guys will wait and see. Now, this smells really good. Uh, does really anyone want to discover, uh, describe the colour? Um, it's black. It's black. <laughs> it's really, really black. With a nice tan head, not too much foam. Um, for the beer geeks out there, it's about 300 on the Mother Bond scale. Okay. So there you go. Good. It's the uh, the scale which uh, classifies beer colour. That nose should get you from the table. So the beer colour scale, I think, is determined by how much um, light is let through the beer. Ah. Right. <laughs> so um, three hundred being the top opaque no, or no no. Uh, I think it goes up to six hundred. But wow. it's basically opaque. At I was going to say. So what would a what would a six hundred uh, so be? For, for General drinking people, what would a Guinness be? Well, exactly the same as this. Yeah. About three. I don't know what six. I mean, it it um it's not like another one on top of three hundred is the same as adding oh, it's one a, on top of a two another one or something. It's right. like um, it's exponential. Yeah, like the way that the earthquake scale kind of like the Richter scale is yeah. six point seven. And the extra one from six point six isn't as much as a five point six to five point seven. Right. Is that an overly complicated way of explaining it? I think so. <laughs> but anyway. I just hit the microphone with the bottle. If you don't know what I'm saying, go and read a fucking book about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not my exactly. fault. Um, I don't know what I'm talking about. Nose? It's good. Nose is... Coffee. It is very it's coffee. coffee, but it's kind of like... Um, it's more like a... A little, a little sweet. There's a little chocolate hint to it. It's kind of like having a coffee ice cream. Yeah. Oh, it's an yeah. iced coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Which I've had before. I made the mistake one summer of, of absurdly coming out of work and going into a, a coffee shop. 
one of these giant what, what's absurd mega chains and buying an iced coffee because right. it was really warm outside and I really wanted a coffee mm-hmm. and it's so fucking hot I, can't, I cannot drink coffee right now uh-huh. so I had an iced coffee Coffee cold is fucking horrible. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Somehow, tea however, cold however, well. this it, you do get that coffee smell, but you don't quite get the. You know, it's not. Doesn't, it's not super strong. Yeah, yeah it doesn't true, taste actually. of cold coffee as that's you would right. expect it would from the smell. That's right. It's very smooth. It is. Very it smooth. is thick. Really. Mm. So we're going to say it's very. Um, it's very thick. It's nice. Someone want to comment on the finish? Uh, I really like it right now. It lingers. Yeah. Not, it not stays a, a nice amount of time. It's, I was going to say, it, it, it sort of drops halfway at taste and then lingers for a good yeah. 25 seconds. Yeah. So it's not like the full-blown yeah. taste staying with you. It's like, oh yeah, you're having this. Don't worry for a while. You could taste it in a bit. Yeah, Relax. yeah. I really like it's it. Definitely, it definitely seems like that. It seems like a beer that you can... Take your time with. Take your time with. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Mm. So, finally, <laughs> at the hour mark, <laughs> topic. Hey, at the hour mark, we're probably not going to go on for too much longer. However, should we just do games, the worlds we like or worlds we dislike, and do the next one next week? Maybe. Oh, uh, we can. I think we can briefly touch. Fuck it. Let's just let's just get through. Just it. People it don't have to listen any longer yeah. than they want to. Exactly. Just, just get a beer. <laughs> listen to the rest. Chill out. If you're at work, fuck them. Get yeah, a beer anyway. Fuck work. Or, or fuck them if you have that kind <laughs> or of work. Yeah, it depends, if <laughs> depends where you work. So we're going to talk about uh, game worlds, yeah. um, the settings of various games, why we like them, which games we like, and which ones we don't like very much. Who would like to start? I would like it to a clarification question. Okay. <laughs> um, Begin. Are we talking about like overall lore or... What you want. Actual whether it, we're going to talk about whether you like the um, the world because it's you know something like Pillars of Eternity has got a really good world. This is why you came up with this topic. Like, yeah, no. you were like, oh, I love the game world here. Hey, that's a good idea for a topic. Yep, pretty yeah. much. Clever. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. On topic, as it were. Okay, so um, I was thinking about this. So really distinctive game worlds because a lot of games that don't have particularly distinctive game worlds. Like yeah. so. I don't want to go around all the time, but Civ, for instance, is it's not a particularly distinctive game world. It wouldn't be one that I'd think of when you're saying what's a good game world. Mm-hmm. However, um, Doom 2 has a very particular... Oh, uh, that's a great one. Yeah, it's a very particular like slant on... Well, like the world that they live in. I mean, it's sort of like hell, the gates of hell have opened or something, and it's kind of like the real world or whatever, but there's yeah. some very distinctive... Uh, Flavour. I'm not mm. sure I like the world that it's showing. I mean, you know, you're supposed there. to like. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to be there. I really don't want to be fireball throwing whatever fuck those guys were. Cacodemons. Yeah. It's the cacodemons. Um, but yeah, it gave me a very strong, lasting impression. Like I can conjure it up now. If you say mm. the world of Doom Two, like it just happened to you then, and you're like, oh yeah, that world. Yeah. yeah. So very. Uh, they 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 nailed it with that. Like a, they got an art, they articulated a particular vision. Mm-hmm. Of how things could be in that situation, it was. So there's, so it's, there's it's, a game. One. Yeah, it's very similar to um, sort of like Dead Space, uh-huh. which is yeah, it's a horror game. Yeah, and that's got a really, it's got a really gritty world. It's really dark. It's foreboding. Mm. It's scary as shit. <laughs> but it's it's really good because it's really distinctive. Things like the posters on the wall, 
um, mm-hmm. show more of a, uh, you know, uh, when the city that you're, the, the station that you're moving through um, had better times as such. And suddenly there's graffiti over this poster of this beaming child saying like, hey, look how good I brush my teeth or some shit like that. But there's graffiti over it saying, I fucking hate living here or something. <laughs> The dog just farted nice. right on my leg. <laughs> Lovely. Sorry, I just had to share. But that's the I mean, that's a... didn't need to know. Jeez, oh, oh. yeah, but just drink some more espresso stout. It'll take the things pain will be away. fine. Things will be yeah. fine. Drink the pain away. But I mean, like, yeah, Dead Space has got a, a nice world. What do you mean a nice world? Not, not a nice world. Is it? I would fucking hate to be there. Yeah, it's being ripped apart by fucking though. well. Well constructed world. Like it's, it's, well, and the game cohesive. relies mm. on it, I guess, because there's mm-hmm. games like Mario, yeah. which has a very well known but not real, well like not de- deeply defined world, but it's all it needs. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't classify it as a. I mean, even though I've played a lot of games, put a lot of hours of my life into playing in that world, I don't really care about that world yeah. so much. Yeah. No. I mean, my the thing that instantly came up for me for thinking about the worst game world was Call of Duty. I do not give a shit about the the Call of Duty universe as such and the, the world that it happens in. I suppose it's 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 meant to be in now the yeah. real world. I suppose. Well, yeah, all of these, roughly. Well, not well, all of them. them. Mario isn't supposed to be in the real world. No, I mean he is yeah. an Italian plumber. He's just high as fuck. That's the, what's going the on. The modern but. slash World War brown shooter is supposed to be <laughs> brown a brown shooter. <laughs> That's what they are. They everything is brown because it's gritty. Gritty is brown. Uh, Colors don't exist in the real world unless they're people, and then we should shoot them. Sorry, <laughs> shooting all the blue people. Yeah, yep. Fucking hate Avatar. <laughs> so, um, although most games, and this game is certainly a game which um, is designed to be modeling the real world. Uh, however, it's it's like um, I love being in this world when uh, this game, which is um, Tiger Woods Golf. <laughs> Which is, it's so great though because it's like all there is is a golf course, you know. And it's like there's people like quietly like clapping when you do your shots, and there's sort of, like I don't know some like really tiny little sound effects and stuff. It's always sunny, everything's always nice or whatever. It's it's you can immerse yourself in and be in this perfect world of like a oh, tiger. Oh, You're there playing a round of golf, and there's some some cunt in Cardiff Bay behind his desk. <laughs> <laughs> having to type up an administrative report. <laughs> you don't have to live in that world. You can play golf all yeah, the time. That's, right. that's the opium you can inject after work <laughs> to get awesome. to take yourself out. I really like that one. So it's the opposite of the Doom Two world. Yeah. Both are quite like um, distinct, whatever. But one's a sort of golf-based utopia. <laughs> I don't know if those words have ever been uttered before. I'm sure, yeah. someone Donald Trump yeah. said them plenty of times. It's. Whereas Doom 2 is a kind of um, demon-based dystopia. Mm-hmm. So mm. there's the two poles of game world. Um, I'd have to say I really like the Bioshock yeah. universe. Especially the, the what they did with the latest one, Infinite. Mm-hmm. I really like the the detail they put into sort of how the society works, how you as an interloper interact with it. Yeah. Um, it's really the, the aesthetically as well the the detail that's gone into it like the, the same with like Dead Space the posters and the people that inhabit the the floating city uh, like Columbus isn't it yeah. I think it's called the floating city yeah that's uh, they've done really well at, at making almost like a living world really. yeah it's 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 quite breathable I'd say mm, definitely um, and you mentioned Fallout I think all of the Fallouts have also excelled at that it's mm. a, 
I'm a little biased. I like detail in games. Yeah. Um, having said so, when you put a lot of detail that's not necessary for a game to play, I really enjoy your world because you're giving it a little more depth. Having said that, uh, one of my favorite, uh, more recent games I've played, um, which has a very simple uh, world, is Thomas Was Alone. Yeah. And that's a fantastic world where you, it's, it's you know, basically silhouette platforming with a bunch, a series of quadrangles. Um, but they <laughs> represent, through the little news bulletins um, that you get between levels, sort of AIs figuring out what it is to be intelligent programs and you you sort of from these nuggets you get that this navigation is the programs learning and they have personalities and mm-hmm. each one each program has its own strengths and they're also reflected in how they interact with the other things and there's so much just implied depth in, because of writing yeah that yeah. this very simple completely graphically unintensive game um you, you you identify with the characters. You you actually sort of end up caring about what happens. You understand the world they live in, and it's just through the very very awesomely written narr- narrations. Mm. Um, so those would be sort of my standard. Would be you know detailed FPS mm-hmm. style RPGs, and then Thomas was alone. Yeah, yeah. I think my favorite. No, I like um, game was like Nino Cooney because of the artistic style, because they're quite lived-in sort of worlds. Um, like you say about the detail, I like something that feels like the people that are there should inhabit the, the environment that they live in. And I think my favourite has got to be Red Dead Redemption. Oh, yeah. Just because you get small towns where there's a lot of people doing things or they're sat in the bar, there's a couple of people in the, in the shop that you can go in, and then you just get vast expanses of open land where there's nothing. There's there's several wolves, there's maybe a mountain lion hanging around, there's some bandits chilling out. But it, it, it really, de- I, well, I say it really depicts what it was like then. I haven't got a fucking clue, I wasn't there. It definitely depicts It depicts space. what it depicts I believe. What <laughs> yeah, yeah, like. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it, you get the sense of um, just loneliness yeah. from it in some parts, where you're just sort of, you know, canting on your horse very slowly along this mountain road there's just nothing there's a couple of eagles flying through the sky and that's it you can hear the wind in the background and that's it's uh, yeah very well done artistically and in terms of how they populate their world as well so yeah I suppose it, it goes the same for the other Rockstar games I was just GTA, to say, GTA like 5 being the most breathable of them all yeah yeah but I mean it's a good world and I mean so we've got I think to pull it back to the definition of what we're talking about, like, are we talking about like the one the game world that I like the most, or the game world that's the most plausible? Or the, the game, game world, world that you like the, the game most. world that you like the most. So I lo- oh ah, uh, I take it's not GTA. It's Saints Row Two, that game world I fucking love. Need <coughs> to and not on the PC because well, if the PC is probably very affordable, uh, the port is. Atrocious. Okay. Um, but having said that, you get over those things. The bugs are mostly flattened out by patches, but when it first came out, it was awful. But that was a perfect balance of GTA-style gritty storyline mm-hmm. with absolute anarchy in the actual gameplay <clears throat> and uh, side missions. So you had insurance fraud stuff 
where you some guy would take you know some doctor would sign the script you just had to jump into traffic and get enough damage to you um that's the game i think the purple dildo weapon started in <laughs> two or was it three um my problem with th four and three which four is basically an upgrade like a, a mod to three it's the same right, engine, okay. um is that it's just so bonkers mm. it lost that beautiful balance Saints Row 1 was sort of a GTA clone <coughs> mm -hmm. with a little bit of silliness, but like, okay, well, I guess if you if you want another GTA experience and the next GTA hasn't come out, sure, like, you're, you're, you're post-San Andreas pre-4. Um, but then 4 was, GTA 4 was so gritty mm -hmm. and like, mm. angsty at the character yeah, level, but then murderous, too. like, insane at the gameplay level that it just, I always found it jarring. Yeah, yeah. Agonizing over one death while killing a million people in a run, because why not? just doesn't work. Well, um, Saints Row 2 came out right around 4, I think. can't remember. Saints Row 2 was like, here's a world, Steelport. There's a, some batshit things to happen. You, you, your gang has been decimated. You, you've come out of jail. You need to retake the city from these new gangs. Mm -hmm. um, so you're still starting from the bottom? Yeah. Um, there's still a very linear sort of, you can pick a linear path through one set of missions with one set of gangs or the other or the other, or, you know, alternate linear paths, but it's just a set of missions for each. And when you've done all three, there's a main ending, mm -hmm. you're done. Um, and it just, it towed the balance of plausible plot with insane things in the middle. Yeah. And then three and four were like, nah, alien superpowers. And then apparently, it's a slightly different setting. Yeah, well, no, this, it's, it's, it's the same setting, the same world, but they but just, they introduce just, another uh, element to that setting. So saying, you know, by bringing aliens in, yeah, like Red Dead would have been a completely different game if aliens. Well, Red Dead, Red, Red Dead Zombies, is Red Dead Zombies game. is fucking awesome as well. But, but you lose that sense of desolate. You zombies. do, you do, because the zombies are in the uh, in the fields most. They are, yeah, yeah. That's very true. It does well, yeah. make it a very so different. I game. think you can't I, be alone when there's a field full of zombies rushing at you. So I think if you got your horse and your and your revolver, <laughs> you'd be all right. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, there's a feeling of community, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> and there's a of, Hello, zombies. <laughs> oh, good. How do You've you do? Up. So I would say, um, <clears throat> my for that sort of actually, yeah, I'd say Sleeping Dogs and Saints Row Two are my favorite open world style worlds. Cool. Sleeping Dogs very similar. Sleeping right? Dogs. Uh, it's a GTA clone that does plot better than any other GTA or mm -hmm. GTA clone I think has done. Set in Hong Kong, um, very, very real feeling Hong Kong. You it puts an emphasis on martial arts, so your yeah. melee combat's much better. Still have just as good um, guns. Driving is fairly tight for these types of games, but, but um, the world really feels like you are dealing with, you know, Asian gangs, and you're a cop undercover and it sucks it's yeah. very infernal cool. affairsy if you've ever watched that movie yeah. in which you haven't Chai you should hmm? no infernal affairs is uh tommy tom hmm? tom leung and mm. um with the guy who played shaolin monk the shaolin monk and that Shaolin, guy. Yesterday. yeah that guy andy lao andy uh, lao. infernal affairs is what uh, the departed was based on okay cool. and it's infinitely better I'm sure I've it's it's a fantastic film. Yeah, and Shaolin wasn't a great film. No, I just remember Andy Lau was in it. Andy Lau playing the mole in the cop role. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
Just in case you're going to revisit the well, if you haven't 1997 seen, uh, I was going to say, something. if you haven't seen, I think it's 2001, if you haven't seen The really? Departed um, or Infernal Affairs, I'd be surprised. Okay. We've digressed. We have digressed. Oh, we um, haven't touched movies we hate, worlds we hate, but I don't know if we... Well, I mean, like, yeah, Sorry, worlds. Worlds, worlds. I mean... Uh, yeah, brown Tudor worlds. I, I brushed briefly on it with something like cod this you, you just get no you just get nothing from yeah, it you it's get nothing to it's like pick out a it's world general theme, corridor yeah. it's it could be any setting it could be anything and all you're doing is moving through so it so for instance um doom 2 is a very distinctive world not that i like it but i mean it's it's a world that's yeah. like wolfenstein for instance yeah isn't really a world i mean it's like it's a fucking similar game there's, there's hardly anything and it. it's just that like doom 2's got a demony kind of mm-hmm. tint to it or something but like I don't get any sense of world out of Wolfenstein. I mean, and that's that's the worst. We're, talk, we're talking it, just in case anyone that's listening to this plays games that have just come out. Yeah, we're not talking about the new Wolfenstein. We're talking about the original Wolfenstein. Yeah, sorry, of course. No 3D versions. We're talking about. Yeah. Um, actually, I will add to that uh, Rise of the Triad in the post Doom Two pre Quake Two era. <laughs> um, that was a very generic. Sort of conspiracy type style game, but mm. it was just so flat and boring. I think it is the spiritual precursor to the generic brown shooter that you were coming. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Just a generic first person shooter, just wave after wave of generic enemies. Not not a lot of time in art or narrative to get you to care about the world. It's, gameplay was great. I enjoyed playing it. it. Had a good multiplayer for its time. Uh, but it, I could give two shits about the world. But okay, so I mean, like you know, Tetris. Think of a fuck about the Tetris world. Quite a fun game. Quite like it. The music's great. But yeah, well, what are we talking about? I, here, I, like, I was going to say I wouldn't define that there being a Tetris world. Well, such. okay, well, but then there's, that's, no, there's no I setting that you're living in. in. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what are we yeah. talking about? Like, I mean, I don't. I think there is a world, and I'm actually okay with it. <laughs> it's a world where there is a pit and yeah, Russian music and some shapes. And a man who gets, or old woman, who gets to control the falling of the shapes in the pit. A god, a god creature. Yeah. It's determining. You are the pit god. This is how life shall work. Yeah. So, So. anyway, moving on. um, Yeah, worlds can be varied. And and some are good and some are bad. And And some can be good or bad even with the same semi-premise, a la Final Fantasy. Where you're gonna have airships, you're gonna have crystals, you're gonna have magic, you're gonna have fighting, you're gonna have angsty unknown background of main protagonist. But Final Fantasy seven and ten aren't the same game. Yeah, very true, very true. So, um, should we rate some beer? Yeah. yeah, we've had four beers, I think. Four beers. We we had the steam whistle Pil- uh, pilsner with the cutthroat um, pale. Who are they buy? Who are they buy? Steam whistles by steam whistle. So the steam whistle. Well, they made a beer that's the same name as the brewery. They only make the one beer. They make one beer. Yeah. Well, they don't make any other beer. No. Uh oh. Uh oh. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) What? They only make one beer. What? Doesn't make any sense. How do they not? Why do they just not? How many beers does Heineken make? Oh, are they like that? So I mean. I'm just so saying, Heineken, like, Heineken. it's not that surprising. There but, were... but for anything remotely craft... Right, so I was saying... Them, to make they're, one beer they're... is... Like Heineken crazy. own a lot of other breweries. Right, but, the, but their brewery only makes one Yeah, beer. I suppose. So Steam Whistle 
And that's what I was trying to say at the beginning. They started as a small outfit. Yeah. Um, so they fit in the microbrew category. But now they're sufficiently popular that they are marketed and sold across Canada. But they've only really made the Steam Whistle Pilsner. Weird. Okay, fair. Well, they so decided that, they would make a lager that people would drink. And it's not too bad. Fair. I mean, that's... A, there's room yeah. in that oh, yeah. space of the market. Think they're doing it does say on the can, independently brewed in Canada. Independently from what? No fucking idea. <laughs> the um, communist transnational <laughs> conspiracy of the controlling one of the, What's that thing that the GTUs or whatever it was, the boards that control the... Oh, the licorice control boards, LCBs. Yeah. The licorice control boards? Yeah, the licorice control boards. <laughs> Probably um, independently of that. Anyway, this, uh, so we had the steam whistle. <laughs> uh, uh, the steam whistle. We had uh, the cutthroat thingy, whatever, pale ale. Tree, tree brewing yep. in Kelowna? In Canada, whatever. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and we had the um, fin of the world. The fin du monde. Because that looks like a fin, the picture. It does. Look, it? You can see on Twitter. It uh, looks a bit like a fin. I, I, so, I think it slightly. looks like a bit like of a, the world. Sort of wrinkly shark fin. That's how I describe that. Um, for those of you, exactly what that is. once you see the picture on Twitter, please let Alex know if you think it looks like a fin. Yeah. I mean, I think we should take a vote whether or not that's a map of some random part. It is part definitely a random Canada, part of It's a Canada. wrinkly shark fin, which it definitely is. If it's a map, Obviously it's, why is it what? so much light around it? Yeah, exactly. It's the so end of the world. <laughs> there, ergo, it's a shark with a wrinkly shark fin. Uh, the rest of my case. Really decrepit a dichotomy um, fallacy. <laughs> and we also had the uh, Yukon. Yukon Brewing Midnight Sun Espresso, uh, Star. Espresso Star. So let's say Ben, uh, seeing as you're I've drinking. I haven't got a clue. <laughs> what no. did you like the most? Um, do, you remember, do you remember drinking this? I do we remember drinking this. this. I, I really like the Findemar. Yeah, it's just huge flavour. Big, big, absolutely huge. Flavor. It was really nice. Okay, good. So, do you like that just because it wasn't what you were expecting? Um, I think so. I think the steam whistle was. It was a nice pilsner. It's not fantastic. It wasn't. There was nothing wrong with it. There was no. no there's it, nothing wrong with it. But there's nothing. It it didn't it just, really come yeah. across as being outstanding. It wasn't versus the other pilsners. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't come across as being outstanding. The cutthroat was good. Again. Didn't come across as being massively outstanding. Mm-hmm. Had a nice nose. The problem with the, we- the it is it, it's a West Coast ale, which is basically like a toned down IPA. But you're okay. always going to compare it to an IPA, yeah, yeah. and it's just does it, it like you, you were saying earlier. It has a bit of nuance to it, but it, in the end, it's 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 too related to a category that has much more strength mm-hmm. that you're used to. And I think yeah, the the final one, the Yukon, the the oyster. Stout. Espresso, espresso stout. Espresso stout. Oyster stout was a different one. Different, yeah. The espresso stout. You're the one that smelled like coffee? Just a bit yeah. too much espresso. Really? Really? Mm, I think so. I've had espresso I think, stout I think for me that's way more coffee. Really? Than this. Okay. I was going to say that's one of the things I like about it. So the yeah. nose is strong. The fact that it's mm. not that coffee-y. Uh, it's already got to go going for it. Um, so, what, so what would you pick? Yeah? Yeah? Um, yeah? Well, I think I'm torn, so I'm not going to go for the steam whistle for similar reasons. It is a nice lager, and uh, uh, I mean, I don't know, 
I, I would drink it again. I yeah, yeah, nothing, yeah. Nothing against it at all. I don't want the good people of Steam Whistle to think that I have anything against them. It's just that it doesn't stand out that much from the crowd. Yeah. You know, but that's not necessarily a bad thing because it's in a good crowd. No, man, I mean, craft beer is so what? Fine. 10% of the beer market. Yeah, but, but then so craft pilsner is a very small section. I suppose, but, yeah. But there's a lot of really good craft pilsners. So I think it's like difficult to stand out in that crowd. Well, one of the things that Steam Whistle's really traded on is the fact that there's it, it's a good pilsner in Canada and there's not a lot of competition in that right. racket. Mm-hmm. There's the um, Saskatchewan um, brewery called Pilsner uh, and they make Pil, this is what its nickname is, um, and it's um, it's a little more, um, how would you say, redneck, that's how you'd say it. Nice. Um, and so Steam Whistle's like the pill that you would get um, if you actually wanted to taste something closer to what Pilsners are. Okay. okay cool. But it's still fairly mass market now. Yeah, ten, yeah, yeah. Ten years on from when it was like, oh, you got a box of that? What liquor store did you get that from? Mm. The only one the LCP sold to. Sorry. Anyway, continue. So, um, and the espresso stout, while being nice, um, not a big stout fan, and it's difficult for me to choose a stout over uh, a non-stout. A non-stout, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like a stout, but I only have one of an evening. And I normally regret having it because then everything else I drink after that tastes of stout. Yeah, so like, yeah. It's like a, a nightcap drink or something. Mm-hmm. But Very much so, especially with the espresso side. Like it, I don't yeah. think it's meant to be a... Drink have a box by yourself. Yeah, well, I'm not even sure happened. why anyone started. Anyway, um, but but my, my conundrum is between the deep throat and... <laughs> <laughs> I can just see throat. Let's go with cutthroat. So, how long has your uh, partner been out of town? <laughs> I was thinking of Nixon. That's obviously <laughs> that's even worse. I think it's a political time of the season. Turmoil, so, turmoil, yeah, political, political turmoil. Oh, I see. You're thinking something about Nixon and Canada. So, I think between the deep throat and the anal. I mean, the, uh, <laughs> what I meant was the uh, the fin of the world. Um, yeah, because I liked the delicate balance of I'm fuck it, the deep throat. Um was nice. I mean I liked <laughs> that's a weird sentence I didn't feel like I would be saying live on uh, not so live but on the internet. Live on tape. It's live when I'm saying it. <laughs> um I don't know. I, yeah, the um the Findemon was like big uh Belgian kind of flavour which not necessarily better than the Rockford Town that we were comparing it to. I'm not sure oh, it was yeah. better. It no, was I don't think similar, it similar style. It was good. Really liked it. Um, the cutthroat was like uh, nuanced yeah. and interesting for that reason. So, fuck it, I'll go with the cutthroat. Cool. Yeah. Um, just to throw a, a wench in the works. Um, I'm going to have to go for the espresso stout because I love stouts. This is probably my favourite Canadian beer. Um, I hadn't had in a while. I hadn't had the others in a while. Um, it is... Re- the Fin is actually really close as well for me. Um, as soon as you started actually comparing it to things in the category, though, you're right, it doesn't add up. Uh, when I only lived in Canada and didn't have access to things like the Roquefort... Um, yeah, I, I loved this beer. Mm. I've had a little it's too a many nights beer. with yeah. I'll buy a bottle or two of that, and that's 750 <laughs> mils and 9%. How much is that, by the way? Uh, roughly. I mean, oof, I don't even remember. 
it, it's less uh, than nine dollars uh, a bottle. Wow. What it, the fuck? Really? Yeah, it, it used to be even cheaper. Like, no one in Alberta knew about it, but, like, random stores would carry it, and you're like, Universe great. They make good beers, they're strong, um, they're, they're, I mean, they're all, still have yeast in them, so they're still culturing a little, hence the cork in mm. all of them. Um, I like Trois-Pistoles as well, I really like Maldi, but Fin de Monde has always been my, um, yes. the, the one I started drinking uh, Unibrew with, and it's just, I think it's a fantastic beer, but since... I drank it reasonably often on, usually as a precursor to a night out. I won't lie, the 9% helped. Um, yep. I have been to Belgium and, and the Netherlands, and I have had better examples of this type mm. of beer. Um, I but you're paying more than nine bucks. Uh, a bottle? A bottle. Yeah. Really? Not, not when you're there. Now, if I wanted mm. those beers again, yes. Um Fair. But I would say that the espresso stout, I've had a um, handful of them, and I like that this one is medium on the nose, but light on the taste. Like, I think it has the right imbalance of espresso. Good. All right, let's very quickly uh, jackhammer in whatever free game. Oh, the free game of the week is from the corrections department, and it's hexagon, (laughs) but it's at terrycavanaughgames.com. Not terrycavanaugh.com. No, slash hexagon. So that's T-E-R-R-Y-C-A-V-A-N-A-G-H-G-A-M-E-S dot com slash H-E-X-A-G-O-N. If you accidentally went to terrycavanaugh.com, let us know what it is. No, that's a deep 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 Might be porn. (laughs) Might not be. Probably is porn. (laughs) slash hexagon. Let us know what you think. Um, So, this week we have a tie between our beers. Three-way tie. A three-way tie. It's a three-way. Yeah. So, basically... All the sex in this fucking episode. (laughs) Basically, if you want a Canadian beer... Oh, Jesus Christ, dog. Fucking disgusting. She's just done that. So, Wilma the dog has decided to fart and then fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. It's Um, excellent. It's excellent. On that bombshell. It's a Uh, great If you want a Canadian beer, just don't have steam whistle. Apparently is the conclusion. That's very true. It's very true. So, we have been tanked up. You can get us at tankedup underscore cast on Twitter. You can get me at Nova underscore 47 you can get Adil is at the Omniarch that's T-A-G-O-M-N-I-A-R-C-H if yes. you uh, if you tweet at us Alex may reply to you just like. maybe maybe say at tanked up underscore cast Alex colon or even just a colon I'll presume colon. we'll presume a colon <laughs> oh colon <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ okay. right that's, that's it that. we're done <laughs> right. later bye, bye.